Fantasy Lounge. Live from 92nd in Nashville, formerly 33rd in Emerald, with the same old fantasy football talk. 12 degenerates from Oak Lawn compete to be the champion. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Find out this week on the Fantasy Lounge with your host, Randy Hansen. And Mike Prada. As a gym coach, he was a natural. Show me some hustle! Here's this week's edition of the Fantasy Lounge. And we are live in the Fantasy Lounge. As always, Mikey Mac on the mic to my right. The Commissioner Randy Hansen and a special caller from the Lounge Live, Oklahoma's all-time leader in concussion sustained in a single game, Dave Steuben. And Dave, welcome back to the Lounge. How's it feel? Oh, you know, uh, am I on with you guys, actually? Is the Commissioner, is this, is this really the Fantasy Lounge? It is really the Fantasy Lounge. This is reality in the Fantasy no, Lounge. Season, oh, yeah, season 5, Episode 3, we're back, boys. It feels great. We got Dave coming to us live on the telly from, uh, from 294 after making some great sales. Hopefully he can bring that success into his fantasy season this year. Hi, yeah, so- you know... Uh- uh, long, long time listener, first time caller. So, it's, 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 yeah. Um, so, Dave, I know we only got you on a short amount of time. Dave pulled off two ninety four to hop on the lounge line. You gotta love the, you gotta love the, um, what's the word? The, the dedication, the dedication, dedication to, to the league. Um, now, Dave, we only got you for a little bit here. We're gonna play a quick game. It's called Healthy or Hurt. Now we're only a couple days into spring, uh, into training camps here. Already, people are dropping like flies. We're gonna be listing some names. You're gonna tell us if they're already if they're healthy or are they currently hurt. Are you ready? I'm ready. All okay, right. Commission, that, let's it kick it off in the the AFC East. Would you say? Or, I don't know. Yeah, it's AFC East with the Cincinnati Bengals. No, that's the north. That's the north. I screwed up already. <laughs> we're coming out hot. I'm sorry. Um, we got I got three names for you right now. I got AJ Green. Is it, all right, so how about this? Is AJ Green? Do you, answer, do you want me to answer right after? Yeah, answer right after. AJ three? Green, healthy it, or hurt? He's hurt. His ankle. All right. Reports are coming out of training camp already. We're two days into to training camp. Reports out of training camp already is an MRI shown torn ligaments in his left ankle. Estimated that he's out for two months. Ouch. Putting putting the hurt on fantasy value for AJ Green, dropping down the board already. Well, now, now with with that knowledge, maybe missed the first two games. Dave, where do you see AJ Green going in, in draft boards here? I mean, you, you can't take him after the third round, right? Just because he's so talented. But then again, he's like Mister Glass, and he gets injured all the time. So you, you got to factor that in there. But when he's healthy, he's a top fifteen receiver in the league. So I don't see him getting past the third round. I could see uh, Wasim taking him because for some reason I feel like he loves the guy, and they'll they'll take him after he gets some some studs. So okay, now next Third name, round. healthy or hurt? Give us the next name, Tyler Boyd. Ooh, healthy he is, or hurt? He is healthy, and I think, and he should be shooting up draft boards. Actually, that is correct, Dave. That's you're two for two starting Ooh, so far. Right he's now. hot. The boy's hot already. Tyler Board is healthy, but we're just gonna sprinkle another name that's on uh, in the Bengals receiving. Tyler Board healthy and just got paid too. Yeah, absolutely, just got paid. John Ross also comes on the injury report with the hamstring issue. Should be out a couple weeks. 
They're dropping like flies. They're dropping uh, like flies. Hey, but you're supposed to tell them. No, I know, but we'll move oh, on. Oh, okay. We'll we're move moving away. We're moving on to someone else. John Ross. John Ross. You know what I mean? So two out of their three of of their best wide receivers sure. already coming in the training camp hurt. Okay. Let's get another name out where's, there for uh, Dave. Where's TJ Hushmanzada when you need him? Absolutely. Actually, you know Fox what? Chad, Chad Johnson is, is on record as stating he would love to just come in anyone's training camp just to give the guys a blow. Which is actually not yeah, a bad he idea. He doesn't even need to get paid. He said he just wants coupons to McDonald's. Yeah, absolutely. Give I'd him love me some Chad Johnson, dude. I'm sure he still got it, too. I think he does, too. All right, here we go. Well, let's, let's move to the Tennessee Titans' backfield right now. Dion Lewis, healthy or hurt or forgot about? Uh, <laughs> forgot about, but I'm going to say healthy. He is healthy. Dave, he is three healthy. for three. Three for three. And let's say his running mate, Derrick Henry. He is injured with the hamstring injury. That is wrong prognosis, Dr. Dave. <laughs> but he is I, he is hurt. He's in a walking boot currently right injury. now with a calf yeah. injury. You know, it's something to monitor, especially in that backfield. It's uh, Deion Lewis was kind of forgot about already coming in this coming this year. I I think Dan Lewis scoots up the draft board, especially since there's a lot of hype going into the season with Derrick Henry. Yeah, uh, Dave, what do you like from what do you like? What do you not like about Henry this year? Is he a, is he a, you know a a pick that people could rely on for a productive fantasy year? I mean, if you base it off of what he did at the end of the year, he looks like a like a no doubt running back one and high end two, but. If he plays like how he did in the beginning of the year, then you're going to have some some issues. He doesn't catch the ball very well, so you're not, you're not going to get any PPR points. But he gets in the end zone a ton and typically gets over 100 yards when he gets going. So if he's on like he was last year, then he's a good pick. But who knows? He's kind of I, – I don't know. I like him and I don't like him. I've been taking him some mock drafts, but it's tough to say. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're spot on. Only 15 receptions last year, and you're right. When he gets going, when he gets the rock, you know, he's pretty effective. Interesting note, when he ran for over 200 yards against Jacksonville on 17 carries only. Whew! He had a 99-yard touchdown that game. There you go. All he's right. a big boy. He's a big boy. Keep going. Uh, healthy or hurt here. We're going healthy or hurt. Let's move it to the, the New York Giants wide receivers. Ooh. We got three Everyone names. Hurt. Healthy or hurt? <laughs> hurt. Everyone. There might be a trick question, Dave. <laughs> Everyone hurt. <laughs> Everyone hurt, he says. He's coming out just out of rim. He's f- filling all the bubbles A for hurt. Yes. On the Which he did a lot. He did That's a lot what he did. He never, read, he never read the trick questions correctly. <laughs> he just filled in the bubbles. So, so Sterling Shepard has a fractured thumb. Ooh. Uh, uh, Golden Tate is not hurt, but he takes steroids. For fertility, and Dave. For fertility, get those dick pills. That's right. I don't know who's their who's their third receiver. Corey Coleman tore his Achilles. Oh, it's torn ACL. Yeah, that's, that's no. not looking good there. His Achilles. Pick up Evan Ingram if you got a chance, though, and Saquon because he's going to be the whole offense. Okay. All right, let's move on. Next yeah, one. How fast is Eli throwing the football, breaking thumbs out there? True. I want to I want to I want to know who threw the ball. No, he probably dove to the ground trying to get a shitty thrown ball and broke his thumb that way. I'm just going to assume. Here we go. All right. Let's move it to one of the best teams in the AFC and in all of football. We have Tyreek Hill. Healthy or hurt? Uh, hurt. Hurt? Yeah. What did he hurt? He, uh, one of the DBs took his legs out and something like knee or ankle. Yeah, he supposedly hurt his hamstring. We did not know his son was named Hamstring. His quad, actually. His quad. We did not know his son was named Quad, but he hurt it. 
Um, and also a very noticeable point. I think I think Tyreek Hill. I think he'll be all right. I mean, he's an explosive guy. He'll bounce back okay. So I I don't think him. It might be something just monitor going in the season and preseason. But this one makes me nervous. What do you wait? But what do you think about his own DB on his team taking his legs out? You think that's a little like shot at him for beating his kid, or it just was an accident? Uh, it might be one of those second tier guys trying to make the team and just trying too hard. Um, True. It's one of those things. I at this point, when we when we get through this injured and hurt, I want to break it down because we're already we're only two days into camp, Dave, and we got guys wow. dropping like flies. Like, do we even need to practice anymore? Like, what are we what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm just make sure. I mean, let's hope all the Bears get through healthy and let's go from there. Well, but that's what I'm gonna say. Uh, knock on wood, everyone is still healthy for the Bears. Uh, I think Eddie Jackson just came back, so that's all. Or no, no, I'm yeah. sorry. Hi, Clint Dix. Yeah. So that's nice to hear. Um, so let's just keep it that way. All right. One more player. Damian Williams from the Chiefs. Healthy or hurt? He's hurt. I know. Hamstring. And you expected a huge year from him being that uh, running back one in the Kansas City, Kansas City offense. It's got a lot of PPR, a lot of points, a lot of production, a lot of value. And you hate to see a running back with hamstring injuries because a lot of times they linger. And last... So- yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Continue go ahead, your thought, Dave. I know it's hard. We're on the phone. We're cutting each other off, but keep going, kid. <laughs> I just got That's like one of those mystery players, too. I've seen him go like eighth overall, and then I see him going to third round. Like, what's what's the what's the temperature on the on the lounge about Damian Williams? Uh, for me, last year after Cream Hunt went out, I was terrified. My team was blown to pieces. But Damian Williams balled out at the at the end yeah. of the year. Yeah, I mean, he averaged five point one yards a carry. He had twenty three receptions in pretty limited time. Six total t- six total touchdowns. I'm a fan of Damian Williams, man. And uh, like I said, it seemed when Cream Hunt got popped, or when he got when he got popped, when he popped that girl, and then yeah. got popped for that. Um, Damian Williams, you know, they put him in. And he didn't. It looked like they didn't miss a beat that offense. True. And last but last but not least, we all saw the video. We're all Bears fans. Injured or <laughs> hurt or healthy, the guy holding the bags for Khalil Mack. <laughs> Dude got blown to fucking smithereens. I'm gonna say uh, he's probably not feeling too well, uh, but he also almost it almost looked like he hurt Khalil Mack because Mack kind of went down trying to brace himself. And whoever that guy is, if he got injured, should be shipped to, I don't even know. Ship him to Green uh, Bay. Ship him up north. A- absolutely. That's got, that's got to be like the sh- drawing the short straws right there. You got to hold the bag for Mac. Um, just, co- he's probably sitting on the couch right now with some ice and some, and some Tylenol. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Dave, I think you were 10 for 10. Too bad you couldn't do that on the gridiron. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think I ever went 10 for 10. Maybe like 3 for 10. <laughs> well, you know, it, it was the offensive system that really stifled your talent, in my opinion. Yeah, whatever, you want, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, Dave, uh, like I said, thanks for just pulling off the highway to talk to us. Yeah, I'm at, uh, I'm at a random shell in Kenosha, Wisconsin right now, just, you know, waiting to go home. Awesome, man. Um, well, we're going we're gonna to get you out of here. Any last thoughts for the lounge? Uh, you know, don't, don't be strangers. You know, I'd love to come back, uh, come back on and, you know, give you guys some insight. Bring some real knowledge to this podcast. You know? <laughs> oh, that's a shot me, right there. Over, let me know when, uh, when you want me back up. Over under five appearances at uh, the commission's house for Sunday football. For me? Yeah. 
I'll be there probably 10 times. I'm going to go over. That's okay, good. Oh, like that's good. I like, I like, I like the energy. Although, first week, I won't be there because I have a golf outing for my for my job. So. Okay. Yeah, how about Thursday, though? The opening week, yeah, Thursday. 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 Play Thursday. So if I don't have an appointment, I'll be there. All right. All right, Dave. We'll drive safe, man. We'll talk to you. All right, you guys are the best. All right, take care, buddy. Later. All righty. Dave Steuben. On the lounge line. Love it. Now, with uh, the unexpected call, we're going to go a couple you buying in segments, just some blurbs around the NFL that are kind of interesting, and then we're going to go right to our sweet and sour. Again, episode three, breaking down the NFC East. So all this content, besides some of the you buying stuff, is NFC East related. The first you buying it, Jerry Jones, made some headlines a couple days ago, and I quote in relation to, to Zeke Elliott, you do not need to have a rushing champion to win the Super Bowl. Are you buying it that the Cowboys do not need Zeke Elliott in the backfield this year? I'm selling that hard. And the reason here's the reason why. They're in a stalemate right now because Zeke's under contract for two more years. And that he, Zeke's in a tough spot. But you you got to play that card. you got to get paid. And they got to pay him. That offense is defined by Zeke's personality. I agree, but from the statement alone, Jerry Jones is 100% correct. Yes, Do you want to know the last time the NFL leading rusher was on the Super Bowl championship team? Probably the Cowboys when they had... Not bad, I guess. Like uh, early 90s was with uh, Emmitt Smith? Yeah. Close. 1998, Terrell Davis with the Denver Broncos. So you're talking over 20 years since the last time an individual led the league in rushing that was on the Super Bowl championship team. My point in saying that is you don't... You don't in today's game. You don't need the NFL leading rusher to win a Super Bowl, and so I get what Jerry Jones is doing, and he he's a smart man, smart businessman. They have all the leverage in the situation, in my opinion. Now another thing, they have to pay a lot of people. They got to pay Dak Prescott. They got to pay Mark Cooper. They they're gonna have to pay Jalen Smith, and they're gonna have to play um, uh, Jones the corner. So there's not enough money to go around, and ideally, if you could get to Zeke next year, that'd be that would help. And so I don't see them. I, Personally, I don't see why they would pay him now. I think that you're right. They're going to. But I'm buying the fact that you don't need Zeke ultimately to win a championship. That team does. Okay, fair enough. Now, another head coach, been around the block, Ron Rivera, talking about Christian McCaffrey. He said the goal is to cut down on his plays but not take away his touches. Are you buying that McCaffrey will not be on the field as much in this Carolina offense? And... How concerned are you as a prospective or a potential fantasy owner of Christian McCaffrey? I'm not concerned at all. I do I do believe when a coach makes that kind of statement, I do believe that there's some merit to that statement. Okay. But I'm not concerned with his fantasy value. And here's the reason why. I think Cam has a bounce back year. So a better Cam leads to more breaks for Christian McCaffrey. So there's more there's more opportunities to explode, you could say, with Christian McCaffrey. He doesn't need to be playing every down, like I said. So he could take some plays off. So it's more play when he gets on the field, he's gonna be more of he's not gonna be just doing a blunt for the blocking plays, you know what I mean? Now, Stuff like that. It was something like over ninety percent of the offensive snaps Christian McCaffrey was on the field, which is pretty absurd. So I mean, what are we talking here? Are we talking, you know, eighty two to eighty five percent of snaps? Are we talking seventy to seventy five percent? As a as a fantasy owner, I'm not concerned, like what what you said. He's still gonna get his, but as a fantasy owner, not as a football fan and not as someone that is, you know, worried about Christian McCaffrey's health, even though, you know, I, I wish nothing but the best for him. I hate to hear stuff like that. Because, again, the less time you're on the field means the less opportunity you are to have an impact on my fantasy team. Here, I'll piggyback off that for in a different perspective. 
I want him to be durable for more games. So at the end of the season, he's still playing like it's the beginning for okay. for the fantasy playoffs. So he's not and worn down. So he's not worn down. So he's still fresh. So if he's still fresh at the end of the year and is still that top three running back in the league when I need him the most in the playoffs, I'll take that for not having those explosive games of 35 to 45 points at the beginning of the season. Fair enough. Um, we'll see. Yeah, he's still going to go one or two, depending on who you like. If you like Barkley or McCaffrey, I just I just don't like to hear that right away. Um, now the last one here, good old Nathan Peterman back in the headlines. John Gruden, and I quote: "Peterman is growing on me." Are you buying the fact that Nathan Peterman is impressing people in Raiders camp? No, I got a live look at Nathan Peterman when we went out to the Bears Bills game last year, <laughs> and I'm telling you what. That guy's trash. Hot trash. Um, going going off that, though, like we're going to get a first-hand a view of that at, at the Hard Knocks. For, yep. Can't wait for Hard Knocks. Yeah. When is that coming on, dude? Yeah, I think it's next week, August, you yeah, August 8th. August you 8th, party yeah. at your house? Absolutely. I think it's it comes on on Tuesdays, right? Yeah, Tuesdays. Yeah, Tuesday. I think it's not maybe next Tuesday or the Tuesday after. I think I'm mo- probably uh, this is the most I've been excited for a hard knock since they got a lot of characters. They got a lot of characters on that team. I, so that's, I mean, it's it's got to be better than the Rams with Jeff Fisher. Oh, oh absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That was trash with Jeff Fisher. Just it was literally watching paint dry. It was horrible. No, you know, it just gives you nothing. Who was on it last year? Um, Browns. Browns. That's oh, that was an interesting one. That with was. There was a lot of dynamics with the coaches last year. True. True. Todd yeah. Haley. And we stuff. saw on the first day that I'm like, this team's True. going nowhere fast. Under Hugh Jackson. You called that. I'll give you that. Um, here's another thing I'd like to t- uh, tidbit off. Uh, are you buying it? We, today, we, we, the league tweeted out, and it's been it broke, breaking news. Michael Thomas gets the, the $100 million contract, first ever for a wide receiver. Yes. There's someone else in that division that's holding out for a contract that has been the epitome of consistency that wants to get paid. Julio Jones. Do you think... That maybe they gave Atlanta one of their rivals in their division, that that blue pill that they say. Maybe I get what you're saying because, but the thing with the thing with that is is that Julio's thirty already and Michael Thomas is what twenty six. Twenty six. The age discrepancy. But look, they're already talking about in Dallas, like you know now Cooper wants Michael Thomas money. So I don't know if it's going to set the market, but a lot of teams were not happy with that contract Michael Thomas got because now people got to get paid. I think about Mike Evans. You know, I don't know if he's got a new deal yet or what's it. But I mean, there's a ton of people that are going to want that type of money. Like, what is Diggs going to want? What is Thielen going to want? Hopkins. Hopkins. I think. Yeah. But my point A-B. is, yeah, my point is, look, there's a lot of people out there that feel like they're better than Michael Thomas. Juju's still on a rookie deal. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Um, the thing with Peterman is eight career games, fifty-two percent completion, three tutties, twelve picks. It's hard to say that he's going to be impressive. I will say this about a coach like John Gruden. If an individual, and you played sports, you've had coaches that believed in you, and maybe you had coaches not so much. If John Gruden truly believes in Nathan Peterman, maybe he can be impressive. Because who knows, you know, when you link up with that right coach, I mean, think about Alex Smith, right? But my point is, who knows? But, I, I mean, he's not, he's not a good NFL quarterback. So, now, you behind it. Uh, why, why, and just, just to end on that, why are we talking about the century quarterback? Because he's so bad, it's comical. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like, but why, why say anything, John Gruden? 
I do love me some John Gruden. Do you I see know. those? Do you see those uh, clips of him in Philly? Oh yeah. Oh, dude, he's just the best soundbite in the NFL. He, he does. Opinion. He's a great soundbite guy. But like, you got Derek Carr. Just go go to work. Yeah, I agree. Now, as we move on, we're gonna go our sweet and sour here, NFC East edition. And I'm telling you, it was tough to to find some individuals that were super sweet on the NFC East because last year it was. Um, Pretty barren, the fantasy production. I mean, obviously, you know, you got Saquon and you got um, Zeke, who were, you know, studs, and then you got Amari Cooper and obviously Zach Ertz, but it was tough to find some guys. Now, an individual I'm super sweet on, he was hurt last year, but he, he even, even the fact that he only played 11 games was the 13th best tight end in fantasy, Evan Ingram, all right? One thing I liked about Evan Ingram, Eli Manning, notoriously not an accurate quarterback. Ingram last year caught 70% of his targets. Um, two years ago, as a rookie, was the fifth best tight end in, 2000, uh, in 2017. I'm buying all the Evan Ingram stock right now. Someone's got to catch the ball. We already listed in the hurt or injured or hurt or healthy um, segment yeah. that already three of their pass catchers are down. So someone's going to have to catch the ball if they want to have anyone else Take the top off a of defense besides Saquon. Yeah, uh, and again, they're expecting Sterling Shepard, who I'm also high on, to, to be back by week one. And he's a guy Eli's familiar with. But what I like about Evan Ingram, if you had him on fantasy or if you were a big fan of just watching the, the Giants play, which I don't know why you would be, but I guess to see Saquon, they do do a lot of different things with him. They line him up outside. They put him in the slot. He's not a basically a tight end. They, they, they play him like a receiver. I'm expecting big things from Evan Ingram. Again, in only 11 games, was 13th best tight end. The tight end position is not very deep. If you're able to get Evan Ingram, I wonder where he's going right now and boards. But if he's the third, I would not be surprised if he's the fourth or fifth tight end picked in drafts because I think the dude could ball. Right now, Evan Ingram is the fourth best tight end ranked in, uh, according to ESPN. And that's behind the big dogs, Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey. Yeah, which makes sense to me. Yeah, especially so he, given he's, the yeah, he's role. right where he needs to be, but he has the potential to have a huge a huge year if he stays healthy. I agree. Um, you were big on someone in Philly. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey. You know, a, a Bears favorite back in the day. Um, last year, Alshon only playing thirteen games. He was banged up a majority of the year with a shoulder issue. With that being banged up, he still caught seventy one percent of his targets, and he went for sixty five receptions and eight hundred forty three yards. I just think this year. With a more healthy Wentz coming off a full year of recovery from the ACL injury, I think that that the wide receiver one in Philly has huge fantasy implications. And Alshon's only ranked the twentieth best wide receiver right now according to ESPN, and he's forty two overall. So you might get more value if Alshon jumps into the top fifteen range if he has a good healthy long season. I yeah. still think there's there's. There's a, maybe two big years left for Alshon. He's only he's only 29 years old. There, there could be two more big years of fantasy production for Alshon. Yeah, and, and look, I, and I know people, the, the Wentz thing kind of didn't work out last year. I think he was still, you know, um, mentally messed up from the injury prior. But, you know, Alshon was productive in 2017 with basically a full um, Carson Wentz experience. He was he was a top twenty uh, PPR receiver in twenty seventeen, and so again a healthy Wentz all of a sudden makes Elshon more interesting. I guess from my understanding, people are ranting and raving. I I must have a ton of Philly uh, Twitter feeds going on, but people are loving Deshaun Jackson in camp. Deshaun Jackson, how old is Deshaun Jackson? He's time, dude. Ageless wonder. 
I do think like Deshaun Jackson over under like if you did over under Deshaun Jackson one and a half multi touchdown games, I'm taking the over. Yeah, I, oh, I, I think so too. Um, I guess he only caught three TDs last year, but I think he can get up in like the five six range this year. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm kind of interested. Uh, it's almost a, a return home for El, or for uh, Deshaun. I'm interested to see what happens. We're gonna get into the sour segment, but without a doubt, they got the best receiving core with Ertz, Alshon, Aguilar, and uh, Deshaun Jackson in that division. Now, it's not saying much though. In not saying, and we're gonna break that down in a second. Um, another guy I'm sweet on that didn't play last year, but was drafted in the second round out of LSU was Darius Geis. Um, he's a full participant in in training camp, coming back 100 percent off that ACL. Um, what's interesting is that he's the future. I know Adrian Peterson's still there. I know Chris Thompson is still there. But I'd, maybe in the beginning of the year, Geis is only getting 10, 15 touches, maybe even less than that. But I think down the road, especially week 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, playoffs even, Darius Geis could be an impact on someone's fantasy team. Uh, the good thing for Darius Geis is he tore his ACL last year. in first pre- pre- yeah. It was like first carry. It was like first carry in preseason when he rattled off like a, a 45-yarder. Yeah. Remember that? Um, so he had a full year to recover. He's already getting uh, all the work mm-hmm. in training camp. He's got no limitations. So that's always good for coming back from injury. I could see Geis coming on the second half of the season. The only reason that I'm kind of skeptical, skeptical mm-hmm. I should say, of because of Geis is because that backfield is stacked with with a bunch of players. You got Kristen Th- Chris Thompson that's always played good as a PPR back. You got... Adrian Peterson, they rushed for over 1,000 yards last year. Yeah, P. Ryan's still there, and you got Geis. And, like, to work him in to give him the full load is, uh, I would say, like, halfway through the season could be, like, something to, to monitor. What what I liked is that, I mean, AP, who is, you know, 45 years old, was the 19th best fantasy uh, running back last year. And I know Thompson was in and out and stuff like that. Um, and, and we know AP doesn't catch the ball at the backfield. I'm expecting Geis to be more productive uh, in the passing game. In his last two years at um, LSU, Geis was pretty phenomenal. Uh, averaged about 1,300 uh, yards in his last two years and uh, 13 tutties per year. So, again, uh, he's, he's shown college a neck to get in the end zone. I'm high on him. Again, Geis, maybe you get him, I don't know, maybe in the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th round maybe. No, I think it's. Do you think yeah, it goes I, earlier? Yeah, I think it goes way higher. I'm interested. I'm interested I bet you guys, right, right now, I'll take a look. But I think guys right now is at least got to be top eight rounds. Um, Depending. I mean, again, people might be more in PPR, especially if you're PPR, people might be more high on a Chris Thompson than a guys. So I don't know. He might. I could see him potentially slipping in, in drafts. And my right now, point right is, now, Chris Thompson's 56. I'm still looking for guys. There you go. So. My point is, my point is, this is a guy that you could get that you don't expect to be a starter on your fantasy team, but who knows what could happen? He could be a starter by the end of the year. Right now, fantasy. right now, Geis is twenty ninth, right behind Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery, and then Miles Sanders is from Philly. Yeah, is thirty and Lamar Lamar Miller, and then Tevin Coleman. Who would you want on that group? I think it's I think it's right out right I'd rather I think have Cohen Cohen and Montgomery over Geis. Yeah, I agree. I think I got him ranked uh-huh. right. Fair enough. All right. Now, those are three guys we're sweet on. Like we said, we, I mean, I did some deep diving. I'm not going to go into it. Not a lot of fantasy, besides the big guys, not a lot of fantasy sweets there, here. Yeah, there is, there's one more guy I just oh, want to okay. touch on, and that's um, 
arguably the best wide receiver in the division. That's Amari Cooper. And just just a little tidbit about him. Since going to the Cowboys last year after the trade from the Raiders, the Cowboys were 7-2. and two. And he was only under six catches twice in that str- in that strand of yeah, nine games. Yeah. So I mean, the guy's got productivity with the catches, so the, he could lead to big games. And if he has a full season, especially if Zeke's somehow holds out a lot, you know, he'll be airing the ball out a lot more. He could have a huge year. Okay. It's, and he's fighting for that new contract as well. True. He wants to get paid. Now, for every people, for you know, every time we're sweet on someone, we gotta be sour. I'm going back to Philly here. I'm going to call our guy who I thought was underutilized in Chicago, Jordan Howard. Um, I'm not seeing a big year from Jordan Howard. I'm not saying he's not capable of having a huge year. I just believe in that system it is not conducive to have individuals uh, who have an impact in as a fantasy running back in the NFL. Let's go back to in 2017 when they won the Super Bowl. Did not have a top 30 fantasy running back. They drafted Miles Sanders in the second round. Deuce Staley, the running back coach, is ranting and raving about Miles Sanders. Obviously, they drafted him for a reason. They still have Clement there, Smallwood, Sproles. It's interesting to see if all of them make the camp. But my point is, with all three of those guys, all familiar with Doug Peterson's system, Jordan Howard had at least 250 rushes per year. That is not going to happen this year. Also, I'm going to know I'm ranting off about Jordan Howard. Never had 30 catches in a season. Doug Peterson likes for his guys to catch the ball in the backfield. That's obviously Jordan, not Jordan Howard's strong suit. I will say this. I see potential for him to have possible 6 to 8 to 10 touchdowns, but I just don't see the volume there from Jordan Howard, so I don't see the fantasy value. I'm interested to see how they utilize him. I, I really am. Um, if we remember when they had Ajayi last year, they ran him pretty hard at the first three weeks they had him. So and he, Ajayi to he me, broke down. Yeah, stuff. he broke down. He broke down, got hurt, and was out for a season. Um, but Jordan Howard is kind of like the same as Ajayi to me, running wise. The way I look at it, so that's I think Jordan Howard's more durable. But like we said before, with with literally right now, as of right now in training camp, when you have Josh Adams, Corey Clement, Jordan Howard, Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sprawls, it's like it's a, it's a lot of mouths to feed right now. So if if he doesn't take over. That running back one position where he's getting a boatload of the carries, I don't see his fancy value because he doesn't get to catch the ball. Yeah, you know, because I, I know he is productive. And if you, obviously, we watched him a lot because we're huge Bears fans. Um, you saw the potential, you know, he's, he, he, almost every time he touches the ball, it's positive yards. Um, but like I said before, I just don't see the volume. As we transition, we're not, I'm not going to give you this next sour. I'm not going to give you just maybe one person. We are talking about NFC East receiving cores. We're souring pretty much every one of them besides Philly. Yeah. Um, like we said, with Amari Cooper in Dallas, I, I don't know who else they throw the ball. Michael Gallup had one of the weirdest reception to target ratio and yards I believe, I'm just quoting, I don't have it right in front of me, but I believe he had 33 catches on 65 targets and 575 yards or something like that and three TDs. So that's just your guy that just throw it up and just run a streak and try to take the top off a of defense. So what what kind of fancy value that? Maybe banger bust kind of thing, bang bust. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, um, then you go to, you go to, what's it called? To the nation's yeah. capital, Washington, and... It's literally crap. That wide receiver core is so trash. 
I can't believe that team. Like I can't believe that team's is not going to win more than three we, games. We were talking about in our in our pre pre meeting here before the lounge. If I hear someone say it's da- Josh Doxon's year again, like I, I'm going to lose my shit. Same with that and Devontae Parker. It, they're the same person to me. They're just hot garbage. Yeah, and so, I mean they brought in Paul Richardson, who they paid a little bit. Um, did it was hurt, you know, not that productive. They have Cody Latimer. No, they don't have Cody Latimer. My point is they don't really have a bunch of people there. Um, Jordan Reed's there, who I was kind of somewhat sweet on, but I know your past history with Jordan Reed. Oh, Jordan Reed, we, we don't talk about him. He's, yeah. <laughs> That's from fantasy playoffs like three years ago yeah, where he bad. killed me. But I, Jordan Reed, besides, if he stays healthy, could be the only guy that I could see his fantasy value mm-hmm. in that offense. Yeah, and then, passing-wise. I mean, we touched on Evan Ingram, who we really like, but again, we, we also talked about Shepard, broken hand, um, Lattimore, uh, is the only one that's healthy. Only one that's healthy who we don't really know. Golden Tate got popped for PEDs. We're going to miss the first four games. Uh, Corey Coleman, you know. He's out for the year with tore, Achilles. Yeah, tore his um, Achilles. There's not a lot of options. In fact, last year the NFC East only had one receiver who was top 24 in fantasy and PPR. So uh, it's kind of, you know, these are a bunch of fringe, you know, three guys you know, plug-and-play type things. Depending on how the season goes, you have to play it by ear. But we're not really seeing guys high impact. Yeah. Maybe besides Shepard, who we're both high on. Yeah, but the only problem with that is the Giants already came out and said that Eli is going to start until they're uh, eliminated, officially eliminated from playoff contention, and which could be like week five because they're that terrible. And then you don't know what kind of quarterback you're getting after that. So you don't want the transition period for any of that. My only one that's a little like thinking the Giants could do something this year. Is it not even a possibility? What's their win? What's their over under win total? Like five and a half. It's got to be right. Yeah, we can go. We can cover that in the mortgage payment. Yeah, let's do that in mortgage payment. Speaking of the mortgage payment, let's talk about the mortgage payment. Um, Randy last week had some interesting uh, uh, takes on uh, some you know different types of bets over unders. I'm interested to see what you have this year uh, or this segment uh, talking about NFC East. All right, NFC East, right now we have Dallas over under nine wins. That's a, tr- that's a tricky one. My, my initial thought is over. Uh, that's a lot of wins, man. I think the NFC North is going to – there's going to be three dogs in the NFC North that are around ten wins. Okay, fair enough. I will say this, though, that division, besides Philly, I mean, you could argue that they're going to – at least go three and one against the Redskins and Giants. Yeah, but they, they I mean, usually Redskins and yeah, they usually beat up on each other for some True. reason. True. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm my initial reaction is over. Right now, to win the division outright, Dallas is plus one twenty five. If that bet was at eight and a half, Dallas over under wins, I'd take them at nine. But I think they're going to be even at nine wins. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I, what's I'm interested more in the Philly. What's Philly looking at here? Philly right now is over under ten. I would say Philly, I think, is going to win 11 games. I'd take the over. And they're minus 185 to win the division. I think that bet, I, w- I, w- I, would, I would bet heavy on Philly winning the division. Okay. Next, let's move on to the Giants, what we were talking about before. Giants are over under six wins. I'm taking the under, the heavy under. I don't see them getting five maximum. They're not getting the six wins. They're plus 2,000 to win the division. <sighs> yeah, I... Yeah, no, I, I just someone. I'm just, I, I just thinking maybe Eli. This could be like his last, you know, his fading into the sunset year where he like maybe has a decent year and keeps him afloat for a little bit. Oh, so what do you what do you call him? Like they're gonna play Brady 
in in the Super Bowl no, one last that. one last time, and then he makes Brady retire, and then Eli rolls off in the sunset with three rings. Nah, and I'm instant prob- instant Hall of Famer. I, I wonder what their schedule looks like in the first four games. Well, they were last, so you know it's going to be it's more, K, it's more of a K yeah. schedule. But I just don't, that team I just don't see. Okay, they, what weapons do they have besides take one? Nothing in Ingram. In Ingram, uh, yeah. Def- I mean, their defense got to play. Um, yeah, again, I'm they not... They got rid of Landon Collins I, last year. This, this division, to me, does nothing for me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, fascinated from a fantasy perspective on this division. Could care less who wins it, to be honest with you. It reminds me of, like, just regular oatmeal. Like, not even, yes. like, you know, like, not apple cinnamon, not maple syrup. None, none of that. Just regular plain oatmeal. You like, can't throw anything else who, in there. Who are you excited to have from not a fantasy perspective? Not even brown sugar. On your team from the NFC East. Who are you, like, really excited? I, there's a ton of people. I mean, besides Zeke and Saquon, who else are you super excited to have? I mean, I know we could throw out Amari. Oh, Ertz, too. Let's not forget about Ertz. Yeah. But I know we throw out Amari, but, I mean, he could be boom or bust sometimes. I guess my point is, in other divisions, you look, there's five, six, seven, eight, nine guys that you're excited about. I can't say that about the NFC East. No. If you, like, you get a wide receiver, too, for any of these teams, and they're on your roster, you're, like, kind of sweating. A little bit, exactly. That if, if, your wide receiver two is someone, unless it's Cooper, that's your, and you got a stud wide receiver one, you're not feeling good. Yeah. Right. Um. Let's move on to the Redskins. Redskins right now are over under six and a half. I believe the Redskins won seven games last year. They were I think seven, seven and nine. nine yeah. yeah. Seven and nine. Um. Their defense is not terrible. Their defense keeps them in game, but I just don't see that that offense leading them anywhere. I'm interested to see what happens with the what's a situation. Yeah, what's a quarterback dynamic? Um, Either way, I don't see it like changing the outlook. I just think from a fantasy perspective, I think Haskins could actually be more uh, productive from a fantasy standpoint as a quarterback. As a sleeper? Like, would you no, I'm not saying – I'm saying more productive in terms of getting other people points than Keenum. I know Keenum almost did almost throw for 4,000 yards. I just I – They were down a ton. I, they were down a ton. Yeah, they and they're plus 800 to win the division. Right now, I would say it's between Dallas and Philly, and I'm taking Philly – Heavy because I, I, I think Phillies last year they were kind of upset the way they lost, okay. in the in the playoffs and stuff like that. And you're, they're two years removed from a Super Bowl and pretty much the same exact team. Same exact team. Yeah. So I think Philly wins the division. Dallas comes in second, and then these two teams are going to be bottom feeders of the the NFC altogether. All right. That's the mortgage payment. Absolutely. All right. Three episodes in. We're feeling good. We're going to come at you next, or our next show. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it'll be the start of next week. We're going to hit the NFC West, which is always interesting to talk about for fantasy. Um, we got to get, we got to get someone else on the lounge. We'll we might have to get someone we'll get on the line. Call-in. We'll see. We'll see. Um, any other last thoughts before we sign off here? Um, it, it's coming that time of year. We're on the cusp. We're, right now it's July 31st, the end of July it almost feels like summer's kind of getting coming to an Maybe end. Maybe some drafts are yeah, getting going here. Yeah. The, some people have already started doing drafts. Some people have got to be doing mock drafts. Oh, yeah. It's that time of the year to prepare yourself. If you haven't started preparing already, you're already behind the eight ball. So if you want to come into fantasy and you want to you talk that smack and run and run your league, you got to put in the work. That's Absolutely. the main thing for me. Absolutely. Um, again, tell your friends. Check us out on Instagram, Spotify, uh, Anchor. Twitter. I mean, just pretty much any social media account. You Facebook. Can Facebook, I guess. I'm not in, I don't have Facebook, so I cannot. Yeah, you're off the vouch grid. For that. I'm off the grid. Uh, no, but check us should... out on those stuff. We got some good content coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Check us out every week. We got one coming out each week. We're already three weeks in already. Three weeks, three weeks in. in. I it's feel good. July. I think yeah. we got a good thing going here. Um, as always, I'm Mikey Mack. He's the commission. Remember, it's never too late. Come relax at the lounge. Take care, y'all. Good night.